What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Joseph is so engaged with just telling his dream, he just seems to be totally unaware that his brother's or to a level where they want to like to kill him. He just seems to be totally unaware of this. He seems to be to, to, to not even know that his brothers, that his dreams made his brothers hate him. I mean, if you said to him, Joseph, do you know that your dream is making your brothers hate you? We can just imagine that Joseph's going to hate me. Why should they hate me? Why should they? I'm just telling them the dream that I saw. I mean, what I saw in my dream, it's really important for them to know. I'm telling them, I, why should they hate me? They should thank me. I don't know why they'd hate me for telling them that I'm going to clearly, that what I clearly saw in my dream. And that's what's so beautiful about Joseph. I mean, Joseph is, again, sweet spirit of humility and, and simplicity. But Joseph's blindness, Joseph just seems to be blind and deaf to the hatred that his dream is causing. I mean, all Joseph knew was that he had to tell his dream, but he's just so engaged. He's so wrapped up in telling his dream to his brothers that he's just kind of blind and he's deaf to the hatred. And that's one of the reasons why we love Joseph so much. Because that's one of the reasons why we love the Lord Jesus Christ so much. Because from being so passionate about telling the message that he was oblivious to the hatred against himself his message was causing. All Joseph knew was that his brothers, they need to hear. And, 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 he, and he's just found out and he's telling them. In fact, Joseph, like I said, he'd be surprised. I don't know why he was surprised. I mean, when he told them that they were going to bow down to him, I don't know why that should make him hate him. It seems like a, a harmless message, you know. I don't know why we should be surprised until the lost are on the road to hell. I don't know why, you know. Anyways, harmless message. But reporting an important message without thinking about himself, without thinking about the consequences to himself, is, a, is, is humility. Again, that's humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself Humility is thinking less about yourself. And Joseph is not thinking about himself when he told his dreams. And we're humble. We're humble when we bring the gospel and don't think about what's going to happen to ourselves. This shows, this shows the 10th the, the truth. It's the blindness and the deafness of the gospel. The blindness and the deafness of the gospel. Okay. Now, 
the simple truthful way in which Joseph reports his dreams, it shows us who Joseph really was. I mean, Joseph was not suspicious. You know, he was trusting. He wasn't hateful. He was loving. You know, he didn't want to retaliate. He wanted to reconcile. And Joseph is a wonderful picture for us. You know, this passage here, it's like you could say, oh, that's 1 Corinthians 13. I see. Yeah, love suffereth long. It was a long time that Joseph had to endure his brother's hatred. You know, love is kind. You know, 1 Corinthians 13.4, 13.4. Yeah, think of how kind Joseph was to his brothers to get them to stop sinning with the evil report, get their fa- his father to interfere. They didn't go further. You know, 1 Corinthians 13.3, love envieth not. Just think of how Joseph didn't resent the low position, you know, that, of being the errand boy and, and, and wasn't jealous for his bro- of his brothers who get, get, sent him on errands too. You know, 1 Corinthians 13.4, 13.4, love is not puffed up. Think of how Joseph wasn't, didn't push it in their faces, you know, about it. Look at my special coat, you know. You know, and love is not easily provoked. 1 Corinthians 13.5, 13.5, not easily provoked. Think of how not a single word of Joseph fighting back against his brothers. You know, thinketh no evil. Just look, Joseph's not scheming against them. Love rejoices. Uh, not in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. He runs with the evil report, says, this is terrible what's happening. Stop. I, uh, okay. Love beareth all things, endureth all things. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, 13, 7. He's going to suffer 13 long years. In Egypt, he's going to bear physical pain. He's going to bear m- mental pain. He's going to bear pain to his feet. You know, when they put him in the stocks, they didn't say to him, what size shoe do you wear? They didn't do that. He's going to suffer the sexual temptation from Potiphar's wife, the discouragement of being falsely accused, being forgotten. He's going to bear all things. But he's going to believe all things, and he's going to hope all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, 13, 7. Love believeth all things, hopes all things. Even after the brothers did that to him, he's going to believe, you know, the family is going to be reconciled, and Joseph never lost hope in his family. And that's a model for us. That's a model for us when we witness the lost. We should believe, no matter what their response is, they're going to come to the Lord. The no, that's just a delayed yes. That's all. And hope for their salvation. Who else is going to hope? Hope for their salvation. And this shows the eighth truth, the eighth truth, which is, and maybe I lost track here. This is 11th. I mean to say 11th truth. 11th. Good. You're following. Great. Okay, good. I just did that. See, it's going. Never mind. All right, so 11th truth, the hope of the gospel the hope of the gospel, the 11th truth. All right, now, God's message here in Joseph's dream, first dream, is sheaves, sheaves. Focus on the first dream, sheaves. It's all about sheaves. Joseph is sheaves. The brothers are sheaves. What's a sheaf? A sheaf is a bunch of stalks of grain that have first been cut down and bound up, and and both Joseph and his brothers are seen as sheaves. So before the stalks of grain are put into a sheaf, they have to first be cut down, and then they're tied together. That's a very important for us, because before Joseph and his brothers, uh, this happens, the exaltation of Joseph and so forth, they first have to be cut down and bound up, and that's exactly what's going to happen to Joseph. He will be cut down. He'll be thrown into a pit. He'll be sold as a slave to the Midianites heading to Egypt. He's going to sit there and say to himself, Wait a second. Yesterday I was the, the favored son of my wealthy father. Today I'm a slave to Arabs. 
I don't get it. That's being cut down. And then Joseph is going to be falsely accused of attempted rape, and he's going to be bound in prison, and they're going to put him in, in the stocks, and no one's going to ask him what size shoes he wears. So in order for Joseph to be the sheaf in Joseph's dream, Joseph must first be cut down and then bound. That's exactly what's going to happen also to the brothers. They're going to be cut down by being falsely accused of stealing a golden cup, of stealing the money that they, they paid, for the grain, and then Joseph's brothers are going to be bound in prison for the crimes. So, in order for Joseph's brothers to be sheaves, as seen in the dream, they got to be cut down, which they will be. Before a lost person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's got to be cut down from his pride and see himself as bound by sin. This shows the twelfth truth, the twelfth truth of the gospel, the humiliation of the gospel, the humiliation of the gospel. That's the cutting down part, the humiliation of the gospel. Now, we've seen that, 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 that this, what this dreams, these dreams meant to Joseph's brothers. It made him, they enraged him, made him hate Joseph. But these dreams were very valuable for Joseph, very valuable. God knew that, that Joseph was about to go through the greatest troubles in his life, so God prepared him by encouraging him with these dreams. These dreams are really, they're very encouraging for, for Joseph. And you know what's not present in the dreams? There's nothing in the dreams about the imprisonment and the casting of the pit. God says, oh, you don't need that for encouragement. He says, uh, so it's very encouraging. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is our example in this. In Hebrews 12.2, Hebrews 12.2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, what that says is that the Lord Jesus had great encouragement in front of him, it was, and he was focused on that encouragement. There's so much joy in heaven over one sinner that repents and is saved, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ has his joy in front of him when he's on the cross. And, and, and he says that in, in Hebrews 2.10, Hebrews 2.10, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, in bringing many sons to glory. That is a great encouragement that's joyful for him. And he saw that encouragement. He saw that joy in bringing many sons to glory. And then that means he was focused on that. And, and, and that's what gave him encouragement. Now, and verse also says, look, we look unto Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is our joy. The Lord Jesus is our joy. He's our encouragement. And as we go through great troubles, and that we focus on him. These dreams were for Joseph, his encouragement for him to remember, for him to not get discouraged. And these dreams were, 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 were what are called God's word to him. In Psalm 105, Psalm 105, verse 17, 105, 17, it says about Joseph, he sent a man, God sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. That's where they didn't ask him what size shoes he wears. Until the time that his word came, and here's the phrase, the word of the Lord tried him. The word of the Lord tried him. See, what God did for Joseph by giving Joseph these dreams was the word of the Lord. It was, it was a trial. Is this really going to happen? It, but that's where faith was strengthened. That was an encouragement. It's an encouragement. It's exactly what the Lord Jesus is for us. And, and when we bring the gospel to the lost, the gospel is never so real. It's never so precious 
as during the time when you're bringing the gospel to the lost. Have you ever experienced that? You know, Fanny Crosby says, I, and we'll sing this hymn sometime. I love to tell the story. Tis pleasant to repeat what seems each time I tell it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story for those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. That's the encouragement of the gospel. That's the 13th truth. The encouragement of the gospel, the 13th truth about the gospel. It's, it's an encouragement to us. When we tell it, oh, it's more wonderfully sweet. And, and, and uh, we're hungering and thirsting. Okay. Now, that's okay. Now we see what really offended the brothers. You know what really offended the brothers? Verse 8. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet for more for his dreams, for his words. See, these words... You know, shalt thou, you know, indeed, you know, these three words, you can just feel the brothers, they're just saying, you know, this shalt thou part is just emphasizing you, you, Joseph. I mean, they were offended by the fact that this was Joseph who was going to reign over them. Joseph was not impressive. I mean, Joseph was second to the youngest, you know. Joseph was the protected by his father, Joseph with the dead mother, you know, his brothers were saying, no, not this one. This, I guess we can call him a man, not this man. We will not have this man to reign over us. Those were the exact words that the Lord used in the parable that symbolized how he was rejected in Luke 19.4, Luke 19.14, Luke 19.14. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And again, this emphasis on this man. You know, when the people looked at the Lord Jesus, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't impressive from his outward appearance. He wasn't like Saul standing above everybody else, head and shoulders. It says in Isaiah 53, 2, Isaiah 53, 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. See, when he came unto his own, he came unto his own, John 1.11, John 1.11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And when they looked at him, they said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, not him, no, not him. We don't see any beauty in him, oh, no. No, we despise him. Got another one you can send, God? Yeah. So the rejection of the Lord Jesus was very personal. It was very personal. Not him. His father and his mother, oh, come on. They're not impressive. Just look at them. John 6, 42, John 6, 42, they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know? I mean, come on. They're saying, come on. We, we, uh, John, Matthew. 13, Matthew 13, 54, Matthew 13, 54. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue and so much that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then man has all these things? They were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. 
See, they were saying, with a mother and a father and brothers and sisters like that? No, we'll never accept him to rule over us. No. What really offended the brothers was Joseph's low position in the family. He was the second to the youngest. What really offended the people about the Lord Jesus Christ was where he was born. He was born in a barn already. You know, his father. His father's a carpenter. You know, he said to his mother, I must be about my father's business. She's looking about, I don't see him making any wood around here. He, he, he grew up. He grew up in Nazareth, you know, in, in Compton. Okay? <laughs> his family was poor. The gospel is all about the Lord Jesus Christ, and it shows us the, the, it shows us the 14th truth, the offense of the gospel, the offense of the gospel, the offense of the gospel because it's the offense of the person of Christ, and that's the 14th truth. Now, Joseph has just reported his second dream to his brothers, his father, his mother, and they came down pretty hard on him in verse 10. He told his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed to come down and to bow ourselves down to you, to, to the earth? I mean, what his father was saying, you know, you, you know, remember he said he saw 11 stars, you know who the 11th star was, the name of the 11th star? Benjamin. Anybody remember what happened to Joseph's mother when Benjamin was born? She died. So she's dead. Rachel's dead. And so he's saying, what? Your mother, she's dead. She's going to bow down to you. Well, he never said that that was his mother, but he said that. But anyway, but at this point, he just, he got mocked. He got ridiculed. I mean, Joseph feels so low that he could sit on a dime and swing his legs. He just felt so humiliated. And, 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 and Joseph probably, no, he, no one took him seriously. No, no one did. No one took him seriously. I mean, the next verse tells us that, that the, uh, of the effect here of, the, of reporting these dreams. It says in verse 11, verse 11, his brethren envied him and his father observed the same. See, Joseph saw that his brothers hated him. They were the majority. There were 11 brothers, one father. So they were... 11 out of 12. And he, and he, but, but and all Joseph saw when his, bro, when his father mocked him and rebuked him was that, well, Joseph's father and Joseph's brethren, they were all the same. They were all on the same page. They, he, see, Joseph could not see that his father observed the same. Hey, what's that mean? The word observed is the word shamar. It's a very important Hebrew word. It means to guard or to keep. In the synagogue, you have the shamas. He's, 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 well, they call him the usher. He's really the bouncer, you know. But I mean, he's the guard, you know. They, they always just to say to me, you know, Thomas. They say, you don't have a Hebrew name. I said, oh, but I do. I used to say, my name is Thomas the shamas, you know. So anyway, but um, shamar is very important. It means to guard, to keep, to hold. To hold. It means to ponder. Think about it, you know. So, so what was happening here is that you know, all, all the rest of them, the brothers, they just dismissed and rejected the message. No, oh, no, they dismissed and rejected. And, and they had that outward dismissal and rejection on them. Father also had the outward dismissal and rejection, but he, there was something that bothered him. Because the brothers said, you know why we dismiss and reject that? Because that brother of ours is proud and ambitious, and that's where those dreams came from. He's proud and ambitious, and he's trying to get the, get the leg up on us. See, that's what, they, that's what they were saying. And the father was just, you know, only one thing bothered him. He knew Joseph was not proud and ambitious. And so he said, this just bothers me. And he could, I don't understand it. 
He was saying, I don't understand these dreams. I don't understand how this is possible. You know that when we present the gospel, do you know how outlandish this, do you know how outlandish those dreams sounded to the, to the family? You know, sun and moon and stars are going to bow down to him. What? You know, do you know how outlandish it sounds when we say, you know, uh, well, uh, uh, God became a man, a virgin gave birth, and uh, God died. Okay, you got that all figured out? All right, good. You know, that's outlandish. Both, uh, they didn't understand, and, and our, the people we preach the gospel don't understand. But the difference is, one out of the 12 said, wait, there's something that doesn't make any sense here. He's not proud and ambitious, and he couldn't get it out of his mind. Could not, Jacob's father could not get the dreams out of his mind. And so, <clears throat> when the same with us. When we preach the gospel to people, they say, I don't understand, but there's something, the life, he doesn't seem like a evil person. He doesn't seem like a foolish person. He, the message is foolish. The life has changed. I don't understand. And it stays in there. It's pondering. It's percolating over and over. Now, but Joseph could not see that this was going on in his father. Joseph could not see that his father had tucked away the message and was mulling it over in his heart. That reminds me, just a few months before I was saved, in, in, a couple came to our apartment on the poorest part of River Road in Cincinnati. Believe me, in 1970, when you said you lived on River Road, it was like, oh, no. You know, if you could, you needed earplugs to, because of the gunshots at night. It was just a bad area. And this couple, now if you say River Road, it's all condos. Oh, that's nice. But it wasn't then. So this couple comes to, to, to our house, knocks on the door, present the gospel. Uh, we invited them in. And I was so rude to them. I was so obnoxious to them. I didn't, uh, they sat on chairs. I sat on the floor like a protest. You know, and, 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 and I'm sure that, that they, they, they left thinking, well, there's no hope for him. You know, they, 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 they couldn't see I tucked it away in my heart because I looked at him and I said, boy, such a loving couple, so devoted to each other, so loyal to each other. And I kept, and I kept thinking about it. They had no idea that it was just months later that I was saved. Don't, don't even know. We'll see him in heaven. So... <clears throat> When we bring the gospel to the lost, we never know what is happening. And we never know what's happening. And so, but God says to us, sow, sow, keep on sowing. God will make it grow without your knowing. And that shows us the last truth, the 15th truth about the gospel, which is the effect of the gospel, the effect of the gospel. So what we've seen in this account about Joseph here, reporting his dreams to his family, is 15 truths about the gospel. They are, see if you've got them all down. One, the jealousy of the gospel. Two, the authority of the gospel. Three, the target of the gospel, sinners. Four, the focus of the gospel, God. Fifth, the hatred reaction to the gospel. Sixth, the revelation or the personal revelation of the gospel. Seven, the innocence, how we report it, of the gospel. Eighth, the passion of the gospel. Ninth, the clarity. We don't, it doesn't need an interpretation. It just speaks for itself. The clarity of the gospel. Tenth, the blindness and the deafness of us, of the gospel. Eleven, the hope of the gospel. Twelve, the humiliation of the gospel. Thirteen, the encouragement of the gospel, 14, the offense of the gospel, and 15, the effect of the gospel. So, what is our take-home message? Take these 15 truths, believe them, and determine that before God, we're going to be the most faithful gospel witness for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for 
the life of Joseph. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the greatest news that ever will be, ever has been, ever is now. And so help us, Lord, to be faithful to the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.